What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the Hoops Hype podcast. On today's episode, our Hoops Hype salary cap expert, Yossi Goslin, joins me to discuss what the future holds for each lottery team in the Western Conference heading into the summer. Right now, we're in the midst of the playoffs, and a lot of those teams that are getting ready for next season are at home watching, hoping that they can get better and get back to the playoffs next year. You know, the first team I wanted to get into was the Golden State Warriors, who just had a guy who was in the MVP conversation and Steph Curry and Draymond Green, who was in the defensive player of the year conversation. Uh, They're going to get Klay Thompson back next year, and they've got some chips that they can use to make themselves better and a contender again. I've gotten the impression that they are going to try and get back to that uh, contender level if they can. Uh, you know, they feel confident that Clay can come back healthy, uh, which is going to be interesting to see. We don't know what percentage he's going to be ultimately compared to the all-star player that he had been. But uh, they've got guys with championship experience. They've got some younger pieces as well in James Wiseman. And they've got other guys who've developed this year on the bench with more minutes. So when you look at their trade chips, you know, with me telling you that they're trying to compete and be a real contender next year in the West, what do you see for them that they can do to, to better themselves in the summer? I think they have enough chips to do just about anything. Uh, and they might not have as much chips as OKC, where OKC could like literally do whatever trade they want. But after them, they're, they've got the assets to maybe make a very compelling offer for the next star that becomes available. I think they're, they're definitely going to have to do something, especially after the promise of this season. They were so close. I, I think everyone I, – I, I felt before this season that they should have – they would have been around a four or five seed if Thompson played. And now they're about to they're about to get him back. Well, not about. He's probably going to miss the beginning of the year. Uh, I think they're going to have to be a little bit aggressive, especially after selecting Wiseman. They were hoping he – I don't think they were hoping. Like they really – I think they felt that he wasn't going to be this raw and that he would be like halfway decent immediately, and he wasn't. They kind of paid for it. And maybe there's going to be a sense around the team, front office, that they can't bank on uh, more of these young players to – to immediately contribute and they're expect they're most likely going to have two picks it could be the 6 and 14 i think they're going to ha- they're going to do something they're, i don't think they keep all three of wiseman in those two picks and they between between the three of them they're going to have to get somewhat aggressive i'm not sure what exactly that trade is if it's going to be for an all-star or if it's going to just be for more guys that can contribute now, but just just for Steph, they got to do something to bring this team's ceiling up a little higher. Yeah, I thought coming into the year, they thought with a healthy Clay Thompson, they could try to compete, as you said, for um, certainly more than just a back end playoff spot. Now, with that said, you touched on James Wiseman. Uh, you know, uh, a league source told Hoops Hype that while Golden State is not looking to trade James Wiseman, they would listen if an all-star player was on the table and one becomes available this summer in a potential trade talk for James Wiseman, just because they have to. You always have to pick up the phone and listen. But 
uh, something worth keeping an eye on. And you touched on the lottery picks that uh, they would have. You know, one of them you're referencing the uh, the swap with Minnesota. Um, so we'll see ultimately if that happens. But they also have some of their own free agents that they have to make some decisions on. And recently, Steve Kerr touched on Kelly Oubre saying that Clay Thompson was going to start for them when he gets back next year. And there was a question of whether Kelly would be interested coming off the bench and only he can answer that. Um, so, you know, both sides are going to weigh their options. Now, with that said, uh, the sense I've gotten from a, a league source is that Kelly Oubre and his camp think that they can get over $20 million and he ideally wants a long-term deal. He did, you know, the two-year kind of $30 million deal that he did uh, when he was with the Suns, that's not something he's looking to do. He wants longer than that. And obviously, I touched on the money uh, that he's looking for. I don't get the sense that while Golden State is open to keeping him, uh, to pay him $20 million or more, I don't get the sense that that's something they want to do. In that case, then you could be looking at them being open to uh, a sign and trade scenario. Um, you know, he was, uh, from what I've been told, he was good in the locker room for the Warriors and they had no issues with him there. Um, so, you know, would they be open to a return? Yes. For the right price, though, that's going to be the uh, key. Now, going back to what you said about Wiseman, that they would listen if an all-star becomes available. Definitely going to take a little more. It didn't help his trade value this year, but uh, at, you know, if they, I think it it be the way the season's gone. Uh, they definitely won't hold back if uh, if the right player comes along for him. Uh, with Ubre, so at first I was thinking that okay, you know, this was kind of a weird fit. Uh, doesn't they were already trying to they had him available for trades in the trade deadline. This doesn't seem like he's going to return after the season. And you said that he might be looking for around $20 million. If you That last year, I would have definitely felt that way based on the way he was playing in Phoenix. Uh, now, this is his first time on a, on a really good team. Um, you know, it was a big role. Like when he, was in Phoenix, when he was in Washington, he was coming off the bench behind Porter. And then in Phoenix, he had all the opportunity to score. and He looked really good. And this year, it felt like maybe like a, a real big transition. It wasn't easy for him. And, you know, he but to everything you said that he, you know, he didn't get upset or anything. He worked hard. He was a good guy in the locker room. I think that definitely helps. And what 20 million, that's definitely high. I have a hard time seeing who might pay him that. Uh, you know, you got teams like maybe Miami or Dallas. But even then, I don't see them paying going that high for him. Uh, I could, but the more I think about it, I'm starting to think that a, a Ubre return to Golden State might be more likely than you think. Um, the bench roll might be a hard thing for him to swallow, but you know if he is going to return to the Warriors, realistically, that's probably what it's going to have to be when you got Clay back. And I think Wiggins is, uh, you know, he's not significantly better than Ubre, but as of now, he's definitely. Uh, like definitely better to start. And I'm starting to think like Ubre, you know, maybe coming off the bench in this league could be a good thing for him. He can, I'm starting to think he could be like uh, Jordan Clarkson. He just won six man of the year. 
uh, Ubre is, you know, he's not a perfect player, but coming off the bench, he could look amazing, especially for this Warriors team. And in that case, you would probably get something in like the 10 to 14 million dollar range, maybe around this, I got most around the same what he's making right now. Um, and I think the Warriors, even though they're going to have already such a huge luxury tax bill and paying him that much to come off the bench is just going to like magnify that, that those expenses. I think at the same time, they want that salary because if they're going to do some type of trade down the line, they also they got to get some more of those mid-tier salaries. And Ubre making around the same that he's making now could be that down the line. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Kelly this year, uh, in terms of being a locker room guy, I think when you're on a team that is a playoff team like that, you learn those values, and that's a plus for him. Uh, obviously, the three-point shooting wasn't where you wanted it to be, but he is a guy that uh, can be a two-way player, which in this league, looking for wings, uh, there is some value there in that. Um, so we'll see uh, what happens there in that regard and and how they look to – with Golden State, what they try to do with him. Um, you know, like you mentioned, they got Wiggins as well. He's got a couple of years left. Um, is he a bit overpaid? Yeah, but that's not a guy that Golden State's also just looking to dump um, because they do feel that, like, on that team he has a role. Um, so time will tell there. They also have another guy who's maybe not as heralded a player, but – Ken Bazemore this year, you know, he shot a career high 45% from the field and 41% from three point range. Um, you know, Golden State would like to bring back uh, Kent Bazemore, I'm told. And uh, I think what's going to be interesting, though, is uh, what role he would have. Uh, obviously, that changed throughout the season from the beginning to the end uh, with the injuries with Golden State. And, um, you know, for Kent, uh, you know, source close to Kent Bazemore told who's hoops hype that he wants to get a multi-year deal, you know, two years. Sure. But ideally it would be a long-term three-year deal. And then where does he fall in that type of salary annually? You know, can he get uh, close to the mid-level or are you looking maybe at more $5 million annually or something along those lines? Uh, he was a guy in Golden State that I was told was a guy that was a good locker room presence. And he's been that in other places as well. Uh, you know, even dating back to his first stint in Golden State with Atlanta and uh, Sacramento as well. Um, so, I mean, for them, it's going to be interesting to see. He's going to want to stay on a playoff team, ideally. Uh, Golden State looks like they're still positioned to do that. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see uh, from that uh, perspective. If, if, they, if they had to get more than a minimum, obviously, for him. And it was around the, the $5 million range. How could Golden State try to make that happen if they want to keep him that much, theoretically? So so right now, so Bazemore is going to be a non-bird free agent. They can give him a raise that pays him like 3.1, 3.2 mil in the first year. They could give him three to four years off of that. Uh, so that could be around like 12, 13 over four years. If that's a little too low for him and there's, he's getting bigger offers elsewhere, then they're, they'll probably have to dig into their MLE. The uh, taxpayer MLE is projected at about 5.9 mil. So they can give him a little more from that. Uh, in that case, then, you know, he's looking at around, uh, you could get like, you know, like uh, 
17 over three years or around close to 20 over four. Um, you know, I, and I, I, I see a good chance that he gets somewhere in between. You were talking about his history with the Warriors. I remember when the Warriors picked him up and there was, they were very high on him. Um, they ended up trading him to the Lakers to, for Steve Blake, I remember. And then he's just been with mainly with Atlanta and, made his way back to the Warriors. So there's definitely there's definitely a lot of love there. And he really, like, you know, I, I guess you can say that he finally became the guy that they were hoping they saw in him back in, like, 2013, 2014. And when Oubre got hurt, Bazemore just, he really, I would say he kind of, he played the role that the Warriors were hoping Oubre would play, played it really well. So uh, I think a, a big part I think like they're hoping to get Ubre back, but at the same time that you know, let's say it doesn't work out with Ubre, uh, m- maybe they sign and trade him or something. They at least have Baysmore there. Like so, as long as uh, it feels like no matter what, they're gonna. He loves it there. He took the minimum to be there, but yeah, they got to take care of him a little bit. And so if we'll see, I think the non-bird could be enough uh, as long as they give him multiple years. But um, at the same time, it's not a bad idea to dig into the mid-level if needed. And another guy they got to look at that's been kind of a Warriors mainstay, Kavon Looney. He's got a about a $5.2 million player option. It's going to be interesting to see what he does there. I mean, it could go either way, but I think there were some uh, that thought that he would pick up that option. But, uh, you know, time will tell. Nothing's been decided yet, but it'll be interesting to see what they do there. And then uh, – you know, another there's another guy that could uh, get a, a nice big extension, which you can get into those details a lot better than I can with your salary cap knowledge. Yeah, Curry, uh, this offseason will be eligible for four years, 215 mil. It would start him out at 48 mil for uh, 22-23 season and then pay him 59.6 mil in 25-26. Uh, I I, I don't have what age he'll be when it's over. I want to say he'll be like 37, 38. But honestly, just based on how Curry played this year, I feel like he's just, he's such an, he's going to be, an, he's an all-time great. And his uh, prime is probably going to extend very late into his career like some of the other greats have. Like uh, we're seeing from LeBron right now, like we saw from Kareem. I feel like his game is ageless almost. And, uh, you know, if, I'm sure the Warriors would like to get a little discount on that, but you know, if, you if can't if you they, can't penny pinch an all time yeah. rate. No, you're yeah, and you know the luxury tax is going to be a big concern. I, I'm not going to try to calculate what they're going to pay. Bobby Marks was saying that he thinks next year's luxury tax bill. Uh, I don't know if he's meant just the luxury tax bill or or the payroll and luxury tax bill combined, but they're gonna. He thinks they're going to pay whatever uh ownership paid to purchase them back in like i don't know whenever they bought them wow which is pretty crazy so if they're look if they're about this core and trying to win another with with curry yeah then you got to give it to him otherwise then if you're not if they're not going to give that to him they might as well try to trade him and rebuild now but they're not going to do that well switching over from one team that has been a perennial contender in the West for years to the lottery. We go now to the San Antonio Spurs, who are in a similar boat as the Warriors, a team that's been a contender before. 
uh, but they're in this interesting transition period now. You know, I think some wonder when Greg Popovich's time will be up. Um, you know, he's chasing the all-time wins record, so he could break that next season if he comes back. Maybe that could be it. Um, and then, you know, the future. Then what? You know, you could see uh, for the Spurs after. You know, they have one guy that um, one coaching agent around the league had mentioned to me, um, and you know, again, this is not Will Hardy's guy, this is another agent, but he had mentioned to me that uh, he thinks that Will Hardy could eventually be the guy there. And I've heard some whispers from that also from uh, an executive or two around the league that uh, this is a guy who also interviewed with the Knicks, the Pacers, the Thunder. Um, He's knocking on that door to be a head coach at some point in his career obviously coming from San Antonio, a pretty good and stable organization. So that'll be interesting to see. And and one thing that I'm kind of keeping an eye on uh, with the Spurs. Yeah. So you were telling me that pop is very close to breaking the all-time wins record. So I know pop is on the last year of his deal. I I believe he is. I think in 2018, he signed a three-year deal. So he's currently uh, thirteen ten, and then he's second to Lenny, a uh, third to Lenny Wilkins at thir- who has thirteen thirty two, and Don Nelson has three more than that. So if so, maybe this could be his last year. He should definitely he'll, he'll definitely beat it. So the Spurs they're gonna have about fifty million in cap space. They already have some pretty good rotation players and Murray. Derek White, Yaka Pirtle. I'm sure they'll get some more de- uh, out of Devin Vassell. Kelvin Johnson will develop. Um, they should definitely at least get 26 wins. I'm not out of uh, even if it's like a 72 game season. They should definitely get that. Yeah, I would. I would think so too. And I mean, what's going to be interesting for them is uh, some decisions they're going to have to make. You've got guys, you know, Patty Mills. I. He feels like a lifelong spur, even though he didn't start his career there. Um, he's going to be a free agent. Rudy Gay. Um, you know, they've got some other guys towards the end of the bench. But really the big guy for them, DeMar DeRozan, who to me, it's like I could see them bringing him back partly to be somewhat competitive next year. But like he had good value for them. And I don't know. You know, we've touched on this previously, but I don't know where necessarily he would land with another team and at what price um, they've got the money to, as you touched on to, to bring him back and make other additions. And uh, there's another guard that they can extend as well. Yeah. So when you're looking at the landscape of teams with cap space, it's really, or even just teams in general, like all other 29 teams, it's really hard to see where DeRozan can fit. So I could really see him returning to the Spurs uh, I get the feeling maybe he would he he, he doesn't want to be there, but at the same time, you know maybe they get him back on a, on a generous number around whatever he was making. I think it was making like close to thirty million. If they give him maybe two years around around that much annually, uh, there's not much. If he's not getting more than that, I could see him. I could definitely see him returning. As for the other veterans, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills. I'm not, I don't know. Um, I feel 
what the Spurs are having 50, they got 50 million in cap space. So they could bring back DeRozan. Let's say they bring him back at like 25 mil. Then you got another 25 mil to spend. I don't know if you want to uh, tie that up in Gay and Mills. They definitely need some front court help. I would, and they definitely need some more upside. Uh, like, uh, for example, I know they've been linked to Laurie Mark. And then I've, I mean, I've seen that in on, online. That would be the type of move I would try to pursue if I were them, maybe even John Collins. I'm not saying they're it's as easy as getting them. Their restrictions are not easy, but they should definitely get some high upside guys and really address the front court because all they really have right now is Pirtle. That's really the one. And then they're playing a bunch of guards and wings at the four. Yeah, and I, I think you brought up a good point about maybe trying to go after guys like like a Lowry Mark. And then, you know, all these teams with cap space, and, you know, we'll touch on this in a separate one, but like Charlotte as well. If you have a front court need, all those guys like Lowry Mark and then, you know, Rashawn Holmes, they're those type of guys, the John Collinses of the world, if, you know, any guy that's a notable free agent, they're going to be linked to those teams. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting. But I'll say this if you're looking for a guard, uh, on the free agent market, the New Orleans Pelicans, another team that is a lottery team heading into the offseason in the West, has a couple of guys that are going to be interesting free agents this summer, uh, Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. So to me, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because um, for me, it's that, uh, you know, the noise about Chicago being in in the mix for Lonzo that seems to have some legs to it, depending on who you talk to around the league. And, uh, you know, there is a belief that Lonzo can get around, you know, 20 million. Now, I don't know if new Orleans is going to value him that much, especially as they experimented with, uh, the point Zion role towards the end of the season, uh, which we saw more, I personally always thought Alonzo would be an amazing running mate for Zion, but uh, you know if they're going to switch him into that more of a point role for Zion, then uh, that kind of makes things interesting for Alonzo, who for most of his career has been a predominant guy on the ball as a playmaker. Well, it seems like a lot of the stuff with Alonzo, one is maybe New Orleans has questions on exactly how much they feel he's worth. Um, they also have some other point guards develop, being developed. They've got Kyra Lewis Jr. Uh, they have Nikel Alexander Walker, who I, you know, he might uh, he might be more of a shooting guard, but he's also he can also play some point guard. Uh, they just picked up Didi Luzada, who I think is also kind of combination of the two. So uh, I think part of it is maybe they feel comfortable going with some of these guys going forward. They really believe in these guys, in which case. They might have some reservations about paying Lonzo 20 mil plus. Um, so the, the first thing they got to figure out is, you know, do they want to bring him back? Uh, and that goes with Josh Hart, too. I think uh, both of them combined might could they both of them combined could be around 35, 40 mil, in my opinion. Um, right now, the Pelicans already have they already have kind of a luxury tax crunch. They're going to have uh, the they're projected to have like the 10th pick after the coin flip today. So, yeah, they're going to be like 37 mil below the tax already with that pick. So if they bring them both back, they're basically at the tax. 
and they'll have a full roster, but they're basically running the same team back. And I think the Pelicans are definitely looking to see what else they could do. Um, so you bring up Chicago. That's definitely a, one of the teams that have been heavily linked to Lonzo. And I think they could definitely get him if New Orleans is as open to not having him return as the media kind of makes them out to be. Then they would be a Chicago would be a perfect trade partner and assign and trade. Uh, you can I can see Chicago. They can offer some of their players. They can offer maybe another pick. Uh, you know, they got Kobe White. They can send, try to send back Laurie Markin in a double sign and trade. There's definitely something there I, I think could make sense for both teams. Yeah, no, absolutely on that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if I think Eric Bledsoe is a name you're going to definitely hear this summer in trade conversations. And I also wouldn't be shocked if Steven Adams' name came up there because they've got Jackson Hayes, who uh, they want to eventually be the long-term guy. Uh, ideally, especially you draft him in the lottery, um, that that's going to be a name to see. And Stephen Adams still could be a valuable piece to more of a playoff contender. Um, but time time will tell on that front. It, it, it's just tough for the Pelicans when it comes to those two guys because they got they're collecting all these draft picks. They have two extra picks from the Lakers coming up. They got two extra picks from the Bucks. They got from Drew Holiday. And they traded a pick to get Steven Adams. So it's really hard to justify trading any assets to get off Adams or Bledsoe after giving up very important players in Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday to get these picks. Now you're going to like invest some of that to save money. It's not a good look and just very counterproductive for the long term. Well said on that end. And as you know, a lot of stuff in the league is done with optics. So time will tell on that. Um, another team, as we go down the standings here, the Sacramento Kings uh, in the lottery. It's been that way for over a decade <laughs> now at yeah. this point. They're uh, one year from breaking the Clippers record for longest playoff drought. And a dubious distinction at that, that they are trying to avoid going into next season. With that said, uh, they have one key player that's going to be a free agent this summer uh, that – it seems like they're making a priority based on comments publicly from uh, general manager Monty McNair, and that's Rashawn Holmes. Now, what's going to be interesting is, you know, there was a, a report about, you know, the $20 million range or something that he's trying to go for. I don't know if he's ultimately going to get that. What I think is going to be interesting is what Jared Allen gets because – uh, Jared Allen, though he is in restricted free agency, if you compare their numbers, Jared Allen and Rashawn Holmes, uh, they're decently similar. Whereas you know, Jared Allen is averaging 13 a game, Rashawn is at 14, Rashawn's at eight boards, Jared's at 10. Uh, you know, the assists are pretty identical. Field goal percentage, both high guys above 62 percent. Uh, you know, player efficiency rating is 20. So uh, I think that if I'm in Rashawn Holmes's camp, I'm trying to use that as maybe a player comp. And if he ends up, you know, even with like Miles Turner money or something along those lines, or, you know, he's making, I think, like five million now. So he'd be tripling that. that that's a win for anybody in uh, free agency if, the, if they can do that. And 
one way they'd have to create that cap space, which may not be as easy as people would think, is trading Marvin Bagley because his salary is high being a former uh, number two overall pick. I think it's a either 10 or 12 for next year. So that's going to be interesting to see how they can move him to help make that space happen. Yeah, so the Jared Allen comparison, I think that's pretty spot on. And there were some reports that the Cavs uh, already set on paying him uh, like maybe like 100 mil over four or five years. That would be somewhere between 20 to 25 mil. If Allen's getting that, you got to feel good if you're Rashawn Holmes. Now, you might be asking, well, if the Kings want to pay it, then what's the big deal? They'll pay it. Well, it's not going to be that easy, actually. Um, so they only have Holmes's early bird rights because he only signed a two-year deal with them. So if, well, they can only re-sign him to about a four-year deal. Like it would be close to 40 mil, a little over that. Start him at about 10 and a half mil. And I think he's going to get, uh, he's going to get more than that. So if the Kings want to pay him and re-sign him, which they, I think, if they were worried, if they want to, they, they kept them past the trade deadline, knowing about the risk that they're going to have some challenges in re-signing Holmes. So if they're going to pay him more to re-sign him, they're going to have to create cap space. Uh, right now, they do not project to have any cap space, but they're going to have, they can get there by producing some salary. Uh, and you mentioned Marvin Bagley, just the most logical candidate to help make that happen. He's going to make 11 mil next year. I did some calculations and if they were to salary dump him, they, and then they have some non-guaranteed players to cut in uh, Damian Jones, Justin James, Chemezi Metu, they can generate around like 17 mil in cap space. And that includes their having their, their pick. If it's, if it stays at number nine. So if they do that, they're now they're they're in the ballpark to make Holmes a competitive offer, uh, and my feeling is that they will they will do what it takes to resign him. Uh, it sounds like he he wants to come back. Uh, if they if be, just by virtue of them keeping him past the trade deadline, knowing how easily they could lose him if they're not careful, tells me that they're going to do what it takes to resign him. Well, time's going to tell. And I, you know, as far as the the breakdown you gave for them getting into that range, that's what he does, folks. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Yossi Goslin. He gives these breakdowns live as they happen with moves in the offseason. You're going to want to follow him for that for sure. Definitely wanted to plug that. And, you know, you touched on how Marvin Bagley could be moved. Uh, you know, I'm not saying necessarily him, but a team that is looking for a power forward. Also in the Western Conference lottery uh, this year, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, this is a team that with Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell, they're looking to improve next year and try to make a push for the playoffs. Uh, you know, you get new ownership coming in in that transitional period over the next couple of years. Uh, you know, Gerson Roses in year three, uh, looking to make another stamp to try to get this team back towards the the playoff picture. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they do in terms of trying to get a, another big man there to, to help with cat in the front court. And, you know, I, 
we had touched on this recently on a podcast with uh, the Athletics Minnesota Timberwolves beat writer John Krasinski that some names you could see on the market from Minnesota this summer, uh, Jarrett Culver, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Ricky Rubio, and, and Jake Lehman. I, I think those type of guys with their salaries are players that they could certainly look to move. Jarrett Culver, a guy that maybe a team can look at as I wouldn't say a reclamation project, but a change of scenery that would help him. This was a guy that was a, a high draft pick that many people were high on a couple of years ago. It uh, has not panned out to this point in Minnesota. It's certainly a name to keep an eye on there. Yeah, I got to give it up to Rosas. I think when he came into the Wolves, he was dealt a pretty bad hand. And if you look at the Wolves roster now, they they've got a lot of quality guys and they've got a lot of promising youth and now that we'll see what happens with their pick i before anything we gotta find out whether they're gonna keep that pick or not uh right now it's looking kind of unlikely but if they do that's gonna open up a lot for them because if, if they keep their pick that means it fell in the top three but if you're minnesota and you keep the pick you know, you've been you haven't made the playoffs in three years. You haven't really made noise as a as a potential you know contender since 2004, and you want to show to uh, your franchise player that this is a team where you could contend for many years on. I think they're gonna if they keep the pick, they're gonna make a major splash. Even if they don't keep the pick, I really expect them to get really aggressive and try to get another just whatever they can like a really good impact player uh but if they get the pick that's gonna that'll open up that'll really open up trade possibilities for them uh, the other thing with the wolves is they already have a very expensive roster heading into next season uh, even if they if they don't keep the pick they're already looking to be about like three mil below the tax and that's if Leandro Bolmaro comes he might come uh, so they're definitely gonna have to do some type of uh, uh, cost cutting and so you brought up Jerry Culver, Hernan Gomez, Rubio I could definitely see one or two of those guys uh, getting shipped out just to save a little bit of money and obviously maybe give some of those guys a change of scenery but I mean so those are the main things I would just look out for the Wolves just cutting a little bit of cost, but also trying to get a major impact player. Yeah, and you know it's interesting when you say about cutting costs, a team that's going to have a ton of cap space and has shown an ability to take on some contracts if uh, you're willing to dole out draft picks is the Oklahoma City Thunder, another team in the Western Conference lottery finish for this season heading into the offseason. Uh, you know, they're also going to look to trade – Al Horford, where he ends up is going to be interesting, but uh, it's still a little early to, to know that yet. Uh, we'll know probably closer towards the draft, I would surmise. Uh, and right now, you know, as you're waiting for the lottery odds to finish as well, uh, and the, the ball starts rolling, uh, no pun intended, on trade talks for Al Horford, who's, uh, I would say, from a guy that a, a lot of people thought that contract was going to be really difficult to trade in Philly, he was able to be moved. And then he actually had some flashes where he bounced back and had a serviceable year for the Thunder uh, with them. So it'll be interesting to see if a contending team makes a run at him and uh, what they try to do. Yeah, 
Horford situation kind of not as severe, not as uh, difficult as trying to find a trade partner or new destination for DeRozan. But I'm I'm having a little bit of difficulty finding who can who will trade for Horford. But there's definitely a lot of teams that come to mind I could see being a good fit, like maybe the Warriors or uh, Washington, just to name a few. Something will definitely come up. We and I think he the he's rehabilitated his trade value well enough this season. Uh, somebody will will want to acquire him and give whatever amount of draft picks that OKC wants to get him. Um, so yeah, they'll look to trade him most likely. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's up for an extension. I think it goes without saying he'll be getting the max, and they could. The, the good thing about their financial situation is that they're going to probably have cap space next year as well. They're going to have somewhere between like 43 to 53 million in cap space this off season. And even if they give Shea a max contract, they'll probably still have some something around in that range next off season as, as next off season as well. So they've got a lot of flexibility and uh, it just, they already have like a full roster. If you look at it, they already have uh, seven guys guaranteed, five guys non-guaranteed. But I think most of these guys will probably make the opening right night roster. They've got two first-round picks, and uh, so they've basically got a full roster. So you know they have all this cap space, but they already have their roster for the most part set. Just look to for them to do more salary dumps for other teams. You'll those there's there's always teams looking to shed money, and OKC will probably want to help them out in exchange for more draft picks, and just bottom out for one more year. Uh, it just it'll, it just seems like it'll be that kind of off season for them, which you know it might not be too interesting, but for me as a cap guy, that's following their off season is a lot of fun. I mean, every every move matters, you know, even like a guy like Zvi Mikhailu getting that qualifying offer. I know you guys are on top of crunching all those numbers and it's every penny on the cap and it, it does matter. Um, you know, he is a guy that, uh, you know, is expected to get a qualifying offer. Um, so we'll see there uh, in terms He's of probably the one free agent I could see returning. Yeah. And I mean, you know, with that in mind, uh, you know, the last team in the West that has to make some decisions on some guys of their own, uh, the Houston Rockets. Now, this team, definitely one of the most interesting teams in the league, despite being at the bottom of the standings with some of the moves they made. Um, you know, getting Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, uh, you know, KJ Martin's played some minutes for them as well as some of the new guys. It's going to be interesting to see where the draft pick lands, if it's number one. Take Cade Cunningham, you know, what happens going forward. Um, you know, Eric Gordon's a guy I think for a playoff team could have value. But the guys that they've got to figure out are the guys that are in the Old Depot trade. You know, you've got Avery Bradley's team option. They have to figure out what they're going to do there. And Kelly Olenek, who, uh, you know, in my opinion, one of the guys that really helped his values. You know, if you look at his numbers with Houston, like 19, eight and a half boards, four assists, steal a half, 55% from the field, almost 40% from three-point range. That's impressive. Now, I know those games, uh, 
didn't count as much towards the end of the year, but the, the, he has fans around the league, Kelly Olenek, and I think that that only further boosted their affinity for him as a guy that can be a a role player and a good one at that on a team that's more of a contender and a playoff team if he would leave. Yeah, Olenek has been so good for them, and regardless of what kind of team Houston is going to be next year, they're not going to be a good team, but I think he's still, you know, still worth bringing him back at a reasonable number. It's crazy. He's been so good that I've, I've never – have you ever seen a team win and lose a trade at the same time? Because <laughs> on a on a micro level, Houston actually won that the Oladipo trade by getting Olenek, Bradley. And that pick swap next year is actually going to be pretty valuable for them. Because the pick that they rode Brooklyn, now they can swap it out with Miami. But at the same time, they lost the trade because they shouldn't have had to make that trade in the first place. They could have just had Karis LeVert. Uh, but as for Olenek, I think they're, they're, they'll definitely work something out, whether it's whether they bring him back or they sign and trade him. just feels like they'll work something that works, that helps. That's, they'll try to do something that mutually beneficial to both of them. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned their young players, Wood, Kevin Porter, uh, Jay Shante, KJ Martin. It feels like those four guys, they're not untouchable, but looks like you can, they're going to focus on these guys. They're going to try to develop them some more. And they're going to, as for their draft picks, they're going to have, hopefully they get, well, yeah, they, they, they're not even guaranteed to keep the pick this year. They, it can either be top four or as low as 19. And they're, they'll, I think they'll most likely keep the stay in the lottery. But um, then they also have the number 23 and 24 picks. So there's not too much that they could do this summer. They're not going to have cap space. They were earlier before the some of the other trades they did at the trade deadline. But they're probably looking at a relatively slower offseason season. They just got to focus on hitting their draft picks and develop. This is all they could really do right now. They they really just got to focus on their youth if they're going to make any noise in the next five years or so. Well, time will tell for sure. But a lot of teams in the lottery right now are going to have to focus on their draft picks and using their cap space to make themselves better in the year ahead and you know with that in mind obviously Yossi I appreciate you coming on as always helping us break it down from a salary cap perspective and some of the moves that we could see from a bunch of these lottery teams in the west we'll do it again for the east soon yes anytime man it's always always great to have me on my man and on behalf of Yossi I want to thank everyone else for tuning in and if you want to hear more episodes of the Hoops High podcast with guest appearances from NBA players coaches executives and media members such as Yossi. You can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter, at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Yossi as well. He's Yossi Goslin. That's Y-O-S-S-I-G-O-Z-L-A-N. And until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best.